This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Boy, Daryl, we've had some exciting football over the last couple of weeks, especially when you're looking at a team that knows its roster. We walk into this week against Kansas City. What's going on at camp right now, Daryl? Give us the big storylines. Uh, well, I mean, uh, they're working off cards this week, so they're not doing a whole lot. Uh, as far as competitiveness now, I think that that part of training camp is over. Um, so it's kind of hard to judge who's doing what as far as big plays, highlights, et cetera, because again, they're, they're working off cards. They're getting ready. They're in regular season mode this week. Daryl, explain to the regular fans what working off cards means. What does that mean? Uh, so what working off cards means is the coaches have plays on cards, usually uh, involving the opposition, and they uh, show them. Uh, to the players and say, okay, this is the play that you're you're going to run here, or uh, that's going to be run here, and then uh, the, the players just go out and they simulate it. Uh, scout team gets involved. We've we've seen a lot of scout team, and what that means is guys have the the jersey, the the fake mesh jerseys that go over, or the sh- not jerseys, uh, pennies. Uh, they're like con- you know the construction workers wear those things. They're like nets that go over your yeah, your you know whatever they're called pennies pennies yeah whatever uh Mm -hmm. they're called and um so they're doing that this week um and you know basically they're going to go into kansas city they're going to give these starters um they're going to give these starters uh 20 to 25 snaps against the chiefs sim a little extended a little more extended time than what we saw against the washington commanders so i'm thinking that's about three drives maybe four if there's some, you know, if there's a couple of three and outs that are mixed in there, but that's the plan going into Kansas city. And it it sure sounds like Andy, that most of this roster is pretty much set. There are not many jobs that are up for grabs uh, this weekend, because of course cuts come next Tuesday at four. Daryl, do you think the third string running back is on the team right now? And, and even third string, let's 
talk a little bit about second string running back because Jerome Ford's hurt. And I mean, I think they just want to get through to get to the regular season to make sure this stuff happens. But where are we with that? Well, Jerome is going to be the number two running back. Like there is no competition there. I don't know if the third running backs on this team. I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, because I think they're going to go with Demetrius Felton. Um, uh, John Kelly has done nothing to help himself in this competition. He's been given the ball twice at the one yard line. Uh, got stopped once, fumbled the second time. So that's not going to get you uh, on the football team. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know that. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm leaning towards they're going to go with Felton as the number three running back because he's a draft pick. And we know how much Andrew Berry likes keeping his draft picks around. All right, so I still, though, I mean, there, there's kind of this feeling that maybe, just maybe they'll bring in another running back. I, I don't know. It's just – we've talked to a bunch of people this week out at camp too, and there's kind of this – I just don't – I mean, if you feel like they're settled in because he's a draft pick, I totally understand that. But I still feel like they're going to churn the bottom of this roster something hard, especially for a team that was very um, – I don't want to say proactive, but – a team that was excited to have the one single cut day. Well, they were them and like 23 other teams wanted a single cut day. Um, and, the, and the purpose behind that is over a thousand names are going to be flooded onto that waiver wire next Tuesday at 4 PM. And then at noon on Wednesday is when they can establish the, the practice squad, which is comprised of 16 players. And, uh, you know, they figure the more names on that list, that's less time for teams to be able to go through, right, and, and pick some guys off that you want to be able to bring back uh, to your uh, practice squad. Um, yeah, they're going to churn the – but the, 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 the part of the roster left to churn, Andy, isn't very big either. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of waiver claims for the Cleveland Browns uh, next week. I, I – I, you know – it's not going to be a situation where the Browns are claiming a receiver from Seattle and everyone's going to, and all and Browns fans are going to be like, Hey, that's our new number two receiver. And he's going to save the season and be a massive injection of talent to the offense. Like we've seen in years past, like that, that's just not going to happen this time around. So um, I don't anticipate a heavy uh, dose of waiver claims on, uh, on Wednesday. Hmm. Well, the other big story over the last couple of days is the salary cap and how the Browns have been able to uh, adjust things. We've talked about that before on this podcast where guys are taking the cash and kind of rearranging their contracts so the Browns can have more cap space. It, I, I, I hear two different stories. I guess I hear two different stories. One story is, hey, man, look, they're clearing up all this cap space. Maybe, and like there was a story, I think, from heavy.com that, uh, the Browns are going to go out and try to go grab a, a big time wide receiver, or at least try to make a trade uh, with the Raiders. But and that, but the reality of it is, it just feels like they're just doing this to create space for next year. What's the reality? They need space for next year. They are over the cap massively for next year. They're creating space. This is not a we are uh, trying to position ourselves to be able to add to the roster. This is a Deshaun Watson's about to have a $65 million salary cap charge next year. And even though they're going to restructure that again to lower that number, right. they are massively over the cap. So it's all about creating that roster and cap flexibility going forward. So 
Uh, this is not about an impending move. I've talked to multiple people within the organization about this. Of course, we're referencing the restructures for Joel Batonio, Miles Garrett, and David Njoku. And, and, and basically, here's what the restructures are. It's pretty basic, pretty simple. They take salary, okay, and they convert it to signing bonus. And the reason they convert it to signing bonus is because then they can stretch said salary over the duration of the contract. Now, another mechanism that they do so that they can stretch it even further is they throw on what they call voidable years onto the back ends of the contract, which then allow you to really kick the can down the road. But you have to be careful with those voidable years because at some point, that bill comes due on those voidable years, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that, but, and, and also too, that, that's like boilerplate language that's like built in. And, and again, all it means is, you know, Miles Garrett's going to get the same amount of money. Joel Batone is getting the same amount of money. David Njoku is getting the same amount of money. It's just the way he, they will be paid is structured differently because when you then convert salary into signing bonus, that means the Cleveland Browns break out the checkbook and they just go ahead and cut the check as opposed to it being spaced over uh, the court, the, 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 the payroll sequence that comes with each regular season. So that's what Andrew Barry's doing. Um, is uh, creating a significant rollover amount, which right now is about 37, $37.5 million for next year. They are going to need every penny of that because next year, look, I think Denzel Ward's contract is going to get restructured. They'll restructure Deshaun Watson again. So they're going to keep doing this, kicking this can down the road as much as they can because they are in what I like to call, Andy, a window of contention. They are spending over $300 million on this football team this year. Pressure to win is there, as you know. So that's, uh, you know, part of this is to make sure that, um, you know, they can uh, give themselves enough cap flexibility to be able to uh, keep this window of contention open. So, but you could look at it this way because, and Devontae Adams is who I was thinking of before. Uh, because that was the story that came out today that looked like the Browns were trying to figure out a way to get him out of Oakland because he's probably not real happy there, and they're trying to figure something out where they can do a trade and if he can clear out the space because he's got a lot of money on that deal. But if it's a window of contention, is that window of contention just this year? That's the question. No, the, Get into what it I, for this year and then try to stretch. Worry about the money next year rather than this year. No, what it is is the window of contention as long as Deshaun Watson's the quarterback of this football team. That You know what I mean? Like – uh, they, again, they extended Denzel Ward. They extended Miles Garrett. Uh, they extended pretty much the entire offensive line. <laughs> so like, um, no, this window of contention that I'm talking about mm -hmm. is, uh, at least three to four more years. Right. And the anticipation is, is that salary cap year to year is going to continue to increase and go up, which means, there's going to be more room for Andrew Barry to maneuver, but that, that, that's an important component. That cap has to keep going up as well, right? It can't be stagnant. Um, uh, but at, you know, as the NFL continues to add their revenue streams um, and uh, you know, they, every year it seems to be that they find more and more. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think the green Bay Packers, who are publicly traded, I think their their revenue share was like 300 plus million dollars from hmm. the league. Amazing. You, you right, we've, got, 
that's a, that, that's a that, lot of money per team to get passed around. And you know the league hates the fact that those are all public numbers because they're a public team. Yeah, I, you know the league hates that that's out there. All right, it's always game day in Cleveland. We've got more coming up. We'll talk more about camp. We'll talk about Kansas City. Talk about the Super Bowl participants last week and this week. So good challenges ahead. But what are we actually going to see in this game against Kansas City? We'll broach that subject next. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. So the Browns get Kansas City uh, this Saturday, and I, I want to go back to what we're going to see. How important is it for Deshaun Watson to get this playing time? How important is it for the starters? Will we see Nick Chubb even get a couple carries in this game on Saturday? There are a lot of little things that need to be kind of dusted off in case there's rust on them. And then you might get rusty again because you got a little bit of a wait until September 10th. Well, Nick Chubb is not playing Saturday. I'm 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 fairly caught. Basically, I think that the guys that did not play against the Washington Commanders will be the guys that do not play against um against the Chiefs. Um so that being what it is, um and I'm try- I'm right now scrambling to look up uh all the guys that did not play uh against Washington just to give people uh, and I, it was a pretty healthy list. Yeah. So like, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. No, that's yeah. I mean, it, it was a, it, it was a pretty healthy list, but, um, right. yeah. Um, it's probably just easier to say if you didn't see him in that game, you'll probably see him in this game, right? Yeah, that's what you're trying much. to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what kind of work does Deshaun Watson need in this game? I, I you know, I think it just goes back to, get your work done. I don't know that you, we sit around and we say, well, 25 plays, you're going to get 25 plays. Should he play into the second quarter? Should he play in the second half? I don't think that's what the case should be. I think the case should be is if he can go out there, get a couple drives, look effect, look effective, crisp and clean and work out any issues he may have in a very vanilla offense where they're probably not going to run a whole lot of stuff. Um, that's all you need. You just need him to kind of take a dip in the pool and then know what the pool feels like when it starts on September 10th. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, they, they just, most importantly, they want to replicate what they did against Washington, but they want to replicate it on a, a longer scale there. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they not only want to see that long sustained drive, they'd like to also put some points on the board, but again, uh, I don't think Nick Chubb's going to be so, uh, you know, like John Kelly and um, I mean, we haven't seen Donovan Peoples Jones. We haven't really seen any of the receivers. We haven't seen Amari Cooper. I mean, yeah. Those guys are really, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I think you, you'll get a little taste of those guys. Um, like Jakeem Grant, he's going to return kicks and punts. I think he's on the team, which I think kicks Austin Watkins off the team. Um, because just based on what Kevin Stefanski said on Wednesday, um, you know, he was asked, Hey, do you need to see Jakeem tra- take some uh, offensive snaps? to play into whether or not he makes the, the, you know, the the roster decisions and, and Stefanski said, no, 
And then I kind of followed up a little later and said, okay, well, you know, the, the rules have changed, you know, so does having a, a specialized returner really matter all that much? And, and Stefanski basically said, yes, he said they value the return game. So yeah, I, I think Jakeem Grant makes this team, Andy. I, so are I, you I, keeping six or seven wide receivers? Six. You can't get, how can you keep a seventh unless you keep two tight ends, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they have to keep three tight ends. Uh I, the, you could I don't put you you could put Jakeem Grant down as a kick returner and then keep a seventh. But the the question there then that because I'm saying seven based on Jakeem Grant, Daryl. So saying yep. that Jakeem Grant is a wide receiver, if you kind of play him as a wide receiver, but kind of look at him as a kick returner and say, okay, we're giving Bubba like three slots or four slots, and he's going to fall into one of Bubba's slots. Then that's if you want to look at it that way. And even if you did it that way, as much as they like. Uh, I mean, is it David Bell that that's got the locked up spot? Are we saying that? Because I, I mean, yeah, David I like Bell. David Bell, but I got to tell you, it doesn't seem like the the return on investment is unless there's something special happening in practice. I like David Bell. I mean, I really think that he's a a guy that could help this team. But they're not giving up on it on him after one year. There's no way. So he, David Bell's making this team. And what about Schwartz? Gone, Anthony Schwartz? He, yeah, he's as good as gone. Okay. I, well, maybe, I mean, but we sit here and we want to say that they're going to hang on to their guys they drafted. And as well, bad as we might think Schwartz is, he's still one of their guys that they drafted. Well, put him back on the practice squad. I think he'll have no problem getting there, right? I think that's what's going to happen. So, and they'll, and they'll probably try to get Watkins through to the practice squad too. Then, isn't that a fair assessment? Yeah, but, but again, this is this is the risk you make, though. If they've had really good preseasons, right, and that tape is out there. Like, so would that, you keep that, like, him, Daryl? Would... There's the, the Dorian Thompson Robinson's making the 53. They cannot right. put that dude on waivers because he's not getting through waivers. You know what I'm saying? He, oh, totally get it. So he has, and and that's the other the thing there, Andy. When you're like, oh well, they'll just you know keep a seventh receiver in Jakeem Grant. Well, they're also keeping a third quarterback on the active roster. So now that's two roster spots that are gone, right? Or right. two two quote extra roster spots that you're having to use. So. That's why I don't think they're going to keep seven receivers because they're going to keep uh, DTR on the act. They got to, I, I mean, obviously it's not set in stone, but based on how he's playing, like I just don't think there's just any way that they get him through waivers into the practice squad. They'll lose. They, I, I'm fairly confident in saying if the Browns cut DTR, he will be claimed on waivers. Yeah, I would think so too. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine him not getting picked up. I mean, and I, I heard the debate because Chris Rose said it during the broadcast that he thought there were other teams that would could conceivably use him right now to start in, <laughs> uh, across the league. I, that's what Chris said, and then people were like, uh, maybe that's not exactly true. I think he definitely could compete for other teams. I just don't know that he would be a starter for any NFL team. I I, I mean, I just there are some quarterbacks I am not enamored with across the league, and so I think he could give some competition. But I don't think that's the case. In fact, I was going to bring this up too. Uh, Baker Mayfield getting the starting job in Tampa, and man, well, he was pretty—I don't want to say cocky, but he was extremely cocky about what he had to say after he got the starting nod. What'd you think of that? Yeah, well, I mean, that just you know, vintage Baker. Um, was this three different starting jobs, or you know, Browns, Panthers? Well, and four. I mean, if you count being you know, kind of Los Angeles. Oh yeah, that's true. I was thinking like week one. I was, I was, you oh, know, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this is his third week one team. Third, yeah. third straight year 
or I'm sorry, third year in a row starting week one for a new team. Mm-hmm. If that may, did I say that right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> three straight years starting for three different teams. Okay, correct. that's what I, that's what I meant to say. That's okay. Uh, Browns, Panthers, and then of course uh, Buccaneers, and yeah, I mean that that's just Baker being Baker. And I'll say this: like if this doesn't work in Tampa Bay, I think he'll probably need to consider retirement. Because let's be honest about it, Andy. I think he could stick in the league forever as a backup if he could just stop – if his ego would let him do it. He's, that's that's what I was going to get to. I don't know that he – I don't think mentally he's built to be a backup quarterback. And I'm not criticizing him. Like, that's just who he is as a player and as a man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a backup. And, and I don't – I mean, to your point, yes. If he goes the Colt McCoy route – he can make a ton of money in the Brian NFL. Hoyer, same thing, right? Right. But I don't, but like those guys are wired differently than Baker is. If does that make sense? Like, absolutely, that makes sense. I like, I, I totally get it. Brian is a, like, I'll, 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 cause I think Hoyer is the perfect example of a guy who, you know, had talent. Man, I, just, Watching that Johnny Manziel thing really bothered me even more <laughs> about what happened with Brian Hoyer here and the opportunity and what they were doing. And <clears throat> if Alex Mack stays healthy, what a year that could have been if they weren't worried about, as he said, selling tickets and T-shirts rather than who was the starting quarterback. Brian Hoyer said that yeah. on our show. And I was just like, he's right. I, I, I mean, I can't argue with him. Well, we um, said that at the time, though, when they made the right. move that it was about selling T-shirts and making the fans happy. It was it was not a football decision because, look, everyone in the building on the football side, including within the locker room, knew what the hell was going on with Johnny. They knew that that guy wasn't ready. I mean, there's a reason in his first start against the Cincinnati Bengals, the offense didn't cross midfield and he got sacked like 20 times. True. And, and I think Joe Thomas was the only one that actually went out of his way to do his job up front on the <laughs> offensive line that day. <laughs> I mean, it, it felt like the offensive line, like said hut. And they're like, Johnny's that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Playbook. I don't need to watch any tape. Zero point. Yeah. That's what that game felt. It was like, yeah, uh, he, the deuce is there. He ain't quite loose. Go get him. <laughs> Like, I mean, it it was a bloodbath. The offense did not cross midfield that game. It was, it was by It reminded me of the, it reminded me of 99. You know what? I've seen a lot of really awful, and I do mean awful Browns quarterback performances. That was like, there is no contest. It not even close. By far the absolute worst single game quarterback performance in Cleveland Browns history was Johnny Manziel's first start against the Cincinnati Bengals. Drop the mic. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like where you're listening to subscribe, to the podcast. we'd love to have you on board and you can always hit us up on uh, social media, whether it's X or I don't know, X or Instagram or whatever Bill Belichick wants to call it this week. Hit us up on snap that face at the snap face at game day. See, uh, what are we at? At game day. At game day. See at game day CLE. I get confused between this and the and the regular show. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk about the number one topic around Northeast Ohio. To kick or not to kick, that is the question.
Welcome back to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. The number one topic when it comes to the Cleveland Browns going into the last preseason game is 100% Cade York. Is it time to give up on him if he misses another field goal in this game or if he misses multiple field goals? The team looks like they're going to stick with him, at least uh, in the public. They have said, uh, we've got him. They haven't brought anybody in to pressure him to make him think that his spot is going to be gone or to challenge him in camp to make sure he's done it. They say he's doing all the right things during practice. They're setting up situations where he can nail field goals left and right. And if he would have made just that one field goal at the end of last week's game, we would not be talking about him yet. It feels like everyone's saying he's got to go. And I think part of it is if he doesn't make it this week, I think that everyone will hundred percent say he's got to go. Um, I'm not ready to go there yet, Daryl. I, I know we only made 75% last year, but we always see that these young kickers early on in their career sometimes aren't very good. So I'm torn, and I got to believe the front office is sitting around going, what are we going to do? We, we we need to win or else we might be out of here, and are we really going to bank our career on this kid's foot? Well, I, I mean, Bubba Ventrone this week had his iPhone out and was, like, filming Cade York kicking up, like, up close and personal type thing. So that tells me there's a mechanical issue there. It's not between the ears. It's a mechanical thing, whether it's the strides. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a kicking coach or kicking ass. But here's what's weird, right? Like, you have special teams coordinators in the NFL. Why don't you have a kicking coach? I'm dead serious. Like, you know, why well, I mean, we have more co- – I mean, we – I think we had – Every starter, I think it was last year or two years ago, we had 22 coaches. So conceivably, every starter could have their own coach. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, not, I mean, we have an why abundance. Not hire, why not hire a uh, a former NFL place kicker to be your kicking coach to work with the kicker? Because you like, got to pay him? I don't know. Is that why? Because like, trying to squeeze every nickel out of a stone? Well, I mean, you have assistant position coaches, right? You have your position coach, you have your quality control coaches, you have your coordinators, and you have assistant assistant uh, position coaches too, right? So right. so why why can't you have for special teams a kicking coach? I, I to me that that's what makes sense. You just you go ahead and get uh I know Phil Dawson's a little busy. He's coaching high school football there down uh in Texas. Uh but like yeah, just you know get uh, you know, a retired NFL kicker who was you know, pretty proficient at kicking field goals and, you know, bring him in and, as a kicking coach. Daryl, is yeah, his job I'm on the expanding employment opportunities in the national football? I am too. I mean, it's on our paycheck or, or <laughs> insurance that he's got to get picked up on. But my point, Daryl, is, is his job on the line this week? I think it is. I, it, if, if it isn't, then what are the Browns doing? Because how, if you're Kevin Stefanski, and I think we've talked about this before, but if you're Kevin Stefanski and you are being judged on the results this year, right? Team, it, team costs 300 plus million dollars, the roster, right? Andrew Barry has filled just about every hole within the roster that you can find. Yeah, we can nitpick a couple of positions as far as the depth of those positions go. But when you talk about when you talk about starters, Andy, and you talk about the primary reserves, they're in pretty good shape on both sides of the football. Like there are no excuses why this team cannot win and make the playoffs, barring unforeseen circumstances. And that's how that's where we will leave that. I'm not going to get into detail. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I said this several times this week. Okay, and we're doing it right now. We're talking about the kicker. 
we are literally talking about a team that is concerned about kicker, sixth or seventh wide receiver, and third string running back. If that's what our concerns are right now, then this team should be in great shape for the season. 100%. Uh, and I guess at that point, you only need a guy that can make extra points. But I say I, I say that tongue in cheek. You you do need a guy that you can rely on that can put three points on the on the board from fifty yards out, right? right. Uh, because drives look drives are going to stall around the thirty yard line. That that's just the nature of the National Football League. So, um, Kate York has not demonstrated the ability to do that on a consistent basis. And so again, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, am I putting the fate of my job in the hands of him? No sirree. And that's no disrespect to Kate. Look, I'd wave him, put him on the practice squad, and sign a veteran. Or claim or, or claim a veteran off waiver. Claim him though, don't you think? I mean, his leg is pretty spectacular. It's I don't know. Get a I mean, his percentages aren't that great. Well, I but the thing is, is and, you go and if look at and if someone claims him, what's the big deal? You look at all these guys, their first second years that were horrific. 75% last year to me is horrific. When you look at the league, he was 24th in the league last year in field goal. Yeah, 24. absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And that's, I mean, that's that's the tough spot that Andrew Berry's in. And the only thing that Cade can do to make Andrew Berry's job a little easier in regards to that is him make every kick in Kansas City this week. And if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I would absolutely play for field goals to, to, to put him out there as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that there's any questions about this offense and their yeah, ability. Give him a 25, 30, 30 yard field goal. Give no, we're not talking shots. Give yeah, him, but give I'm, him. I'm talking about building confidence here. Let him kick one 30 yarder early on in the game. Right. Just we're, we're talking about building confidence in a game that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hear you, but that just again, that's not goes how, against Kevin. I mean, that's not what Kevin does. Like the next no, time, I know. the next time Kevin Stefanski kicks a thirty-yard field goal will be the first. Like I he's agree. not. I, I'm, 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 I'm not being facetious. Like I'm trying to remember in his three previous seasons, like it's not many, Andy. Like maybe there's just one or two of those that he took. But he really, once they're inside the 15-yard line, it's like it's four-down territory for the Browns. It, it really is, right? Sure. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, right? You give him a chippy. In this game only, I'm not saying I would do it during the regular season. In this game only, that means oh, no. absolutely nothing. Well, well, it's like they said on the telecast the other night uh, against the Eagles. Like, Kevin didn't even want to put him out there for a 50-yard field goal. Think about that for a second, well, right? Well, I, I mean, I kind of get that, too, because in a game that means absolutely nothing, why not go for it on fourth down, but, right? But no, but no, you're missing my point. My point is, in a meaningless preseason game, Kevin Stefanski did not want to run Cade York onto the field to kick a 50, 51, 52-yard field goal. Think about that for a second. Let, let, let that marinate for a minute. That tells you where they're at. Seriously, because with all due respect to Kevin, look, and I, I say this all the time. Fans have to understand that press conference sound bites are not sworn testimony. Okay. True. True. I, and, 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 and believe me, I'm not going to sit here and say Kevin Stefanski lies to us. No, he just doesn't share the whole truth. I think that's the way to put it. Right. Or he's telling you what the truth is at that moment. 
Or, and, right. and that and, and that could change on Sunday. Easily. And, 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 and in no world is Kevin Stefanski in front of cameras and microphones going to say, yeah, we have no confidence in Cade York. Uh, we're just going to let him finish this camp out. And, uh, you know, then then we'll make the decision whether or not to move on. No, because he knows we're all going to write and tweet and post <clears throat> what he says on the matter. And, you know, the thought is his words, right? If he expresses the public confidence in Cade York, Cade York's going to, you know, hop on his phone and start looking and, and see the quotes from Kevin. And he's going to be, okay, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little pat on the back from my coach. Right. I gave, right. I, I gave him reason to rip me. I gave reason for doubt me, whatever, but I'm, I'm getting a vote of confidence from my coach. My coach got, you know, head coach got my back. And, right. And so hopefully that, registers between the years and like i don't think this is a confidence thing for Cade. i really don't like i i don't think that he has any doubt whatsoever that he can make whatever field goal he's tasked with going out there and case in point andy is what happened in philadelphia he's wide right from 47 penalty reprieve kick from 41 wide left that's an over correction what does that tell you it's physical it's mechanical so can that be fixed yes how fast can it be fixed that's the question that needs to be you see see what i'm going with absolutely you know daryl people are saying that this is between his ears and i'm like no this is a physical issue well, we will get the answer on Saturday when the Browns play their final preseason game against Kansas City. It's always game day in Cleveland, produced by Meredith Kane. Thank you very much, Meredith. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back with two fresh episodes next week. And, of course, once we hit the regular season, we'll do post-game editions as well. It's always game day in Cleveland.